The Score Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by The Score Bet. That's right. We brought you the best sports media app. Now we're bringing you the best sports book. The Score Bet offers a safe and secure mobile sports book experience with both pregame and in-play markets. But best of all, it's integrated into the score and our content to give you the easiest and most seamless sports betting experience. So take advantage of exciting promotions and odds boosts all season long. Download it now on iOS and Android. It's available in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, and New Jersey, 21 plus. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, contact 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. Visit thescore.bet for more details. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Live Week 13. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. We are back this week. I always appreciate you joining us. Not many of these Friday shows left. It's it's kind of crazy. We're getting down to the money weeks, just a week or two left in the regular season for fantasy, depending how you changed your league with that extra week and how you set up the playoffs. And then we're on to the money weeks, getting into the fantasy playoffs, trying to see if we can actually get you into a fantasy championship game. That's the goal here. So appreciate you joining live. Appreciate you watching after the fact, if you're watching the replay or if you're listening to the audio, we toss it up on the podcast feed as well. And I know a lot of people listen over the weekend heading into Sunday. So appreciate everybody joining us here. Want to start with a couple quick takeaways from the Thursday night. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I know people didn't really love that game last night. Wasn't really in doubt. Some of the Thursday nighters are like that, right? And this one wasn't that shocking because the Saints had just a ton of starters. They had like a million starters out in that game. So I think everybody knew the Cowboys were going to win that one. If we look at the Cowboys side, Zeke, he's just not the same player right now, right? He's got these injuries. We heard last week that they might sit him down for a little while. It seems like Zeke does not want to do that. Maybe he doesn't want Tony Pollard to go out there and kind of steal his job. Either way, Zeke continues to fight through it, continues to practice, continues to play, but not nearly as effective as he normally is. So you got to bump him down. He's more of like an RB two at this point until we see him get a little healthier. And at this point in the season, unless he takes some time off, we might not see that happen. Now, Tony Pollard looks explosive. Looks like he could be a starter. Looks like he really deserves a chance to be a starter. We're not going to see that as long as Zeke's around there, but Pollard, as long as Zeke stays out in the field, you can't view Pollard as any more than that low end RB two, high end RB three, kind of like the, Kareem Hunt role when Kareem Hunt's healthy and Nick Chubb's also out there with the Browns. But Pollard looks extremely explosive, a guy that you could definitely sneak into your lineup as an RB2 or even a, a flex play, which is probably a better way to deploy him in your fantasy lineup. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, both those guys had pretty good games. They came through. Now, maybe that was in part because Amari Cooper wasn't totally himself. And going into the game, it was kind of up and down during the week here, whether he was going to play or not. We got word finally that he was going to be out there. And then right before the game, Michael Galkin, who's one of the best beat writers out there, Michael Galkin said, and specifically was talking to the fantasy community in his tweet, said, better watch for Amari Cooper tonight just because he's not really doing much in warmups. He wasn't really doing much out there, kind of suggesting he might just be a decoy, might not get his regular workload. And so I, right before the game started, I don't know, it was like 10, 15 minutes left. I tweeted that out. 
And I told everyone, I'm benching Amari Cooper everywhere I had him. And I did. And obviously, it depends on what other options you have. But in most leagues, I have at least some type of wide receiver three flex option that I could have put in there over Amari. And I did. And I know he had that one really big catch, 41 yards, caught it over the middle, went down the center of the field there, picked up a big gain. And I had a couple people messaging me on Twitter going, this was a terrible call. How dare you tell us to bench Amari? But I said, even at that time, because you go and watch Nate Yonke, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, PFF, he does a great job even in-game tweeting out snap counts. And we knew because Amari, and it was a big story there, he was tweeting that out during the game. And you saw that Amari was playing like a third of the snaps that the other receivers were. He wasn't getting a regular workload. So I wasn't that worried. And I responded to those tweets and I said, Let's wait till the final stat line and see what happens. Well, the rest of the game, he only has one more catch. No yards on that one. Finishes two for 41. Not a great start if you did have him in your lineup. So I think in the end, I was proven right. We just want to see Amari back healthy. I mean, it's a conditioning thing, apparently, because he had COVID. Hopefully, he's going to get a long rest here before the next game. Hopefully, he'll be back to normal, and we'll get to use him in our lineups as we normally would. Uh, over the last couple of weeks and into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, that's what we want to see happen. Uh, you look elsewhere. I mean, on the other side of the field, really, Taysom Hill is the only guy that we want to talk about. Mark Ingram, he was getting the, the start with Alvin Kamara out, but he didn't really produce in this one. And it was tough. He had all those linemen injured. It was really a bad spot. And Taysom Hill, if you're ever worrying or considering why we talk so much about these dual threat quarterbacks that have that rushing ability, why they're so valuable, Taysom Hill threw four interceptions in the game and still had a good fantasy day. Like, how is that possible? Well, 264 passing yards, threw for two touchdowns, but he ran for 101 yards on the ground. That covers up a lot of mistakes. That covers up all of those interceptions, really. So turns out he had a good game. Now, he's injured. We find out that he was kind of playing with it through the game, hurt his finger. I believe they're calling it mallet finger. I saw that report come out right before we came on. Um, it's similar to what Russell Wilson had earlier this season. So we might see him have to undergo surgery. Could be the Trevor Simeon show again, but really, you don't really want to start anybody in the Saints offense right now. You want to wait until Alvin Kamara comes back and fingers crossed we'll see that next week. Alvin Kamara will be the only one that you'd feel good about putting in your lineup. Now, we'll keep going to these injuries here. That was it for the Thursday nighter. Let's talk about the ones that are going to affect you over the weekend, Sunday and Monday. We'll start with Daryl Henderson and Odell Beckham Jr. So, Henderson dealing with the quad injury. OBJ has the hip issue. Sean McVay earlier in the week, a lot of optimism for both guys, even as late as Thursday was saying that he thought there was a good chance they were both going to play Friday morning. We get a report from me and Rappaport NFL network saying that seems a little more doubtful that OBJ will be able to play this week. It's not a major concern, but something that might keep him out this week. I think we have to look at Henderson the same, but we'll see what happens if he can get out there for limited practice today on Friday then yeah, you feel good that McVay was right and that Henderson will actually play through this. But it's a matchup. They're going against the Jags. You figure they could win this game. They have Sony Michelle, who's one of the best backup running backs out there. I think they'll err in favor of sitting Henderson, but it all depends on what we see Friday. So we should know more later today on that one. If he's out there, you're going to play Henderson. He would get bumped down a little bit. You figure he won't see the same kind of volume he normally does. So he'd be more of that low-end RB2, mid-range, maybe RB2. You hope he finds the end zone. I think either way, Sony Michel is going to get more work in this game. Not more than Henderson necessarily, but more work than he would normally get. I think you look at him as that kind of high-end RB3 flex. And if Henderson is out, Michelle becomes a top 15 option, a guy that you really like having in your lineup because he's one of those backups that you know when he gets out there, he is going to crush it. He is going to get the majority of the volume 
And that's what we want to see, right? Uh, Melvin Gordon. So fantasy manager has been waiting for this Javante Williams breakout for a while. I'm not a hypocrite. I have two. And it's not guaranteed yet. But we heard Melvin Gordon has not practiced yet heading into Friday. And we heard Vic Fangio's head coach say yesterday that he's 50-50 to play on Sunday. So it makes it seem like there's probably a shot that Melvin Gordon's not going to be out there in this game. Kind of similar to the Henderson situation. Like if Gordon can practice Friday, then he'll probably get out there this week. Even if he plays, you're going to have to bump that projection down. It's a good chance he's not going to get his, his regular volume. Um, and that would make Javante Williams uh, a pretty intriguing RB2. I mean, he'd be a top 15 guy if Melvin Gordon isn't out there. But regardless, you got to like playing Javante this week. And all he needs is more volume. We've seen everything we need to see from Javante Williams. I mean, the efficiency has been really, really good with the touches he's had. So we want to see the Broncos ride him, and they might have to do that on Sunday. Going up against the Chiefs in that game, too. I'll stick it in the AFC West here. The Raiders have a bunch of injuries. There's a few teams here that just have a lot of players out. We're going to have to talk about all of them. I'll kind of group them all together so we can go team by team. Uh, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and Deshaun Jackson on the Raiders. Waller dealing with that IT band sprain. We talked about that on Monday. It's a weird one. Seems like that's going to keep him out this week. They're calling him week to week. His backup, Foster Moreau, is a guy that when he's got an opportunity, and it hasn't been often, but when he's got an opportunity, he's gotten more snaps, gotten more targets, he can produce. He's not going to be Waller numbers, but he's going to be a fringe tight end one of my rankings this week. So definitely a guy you could pick up and play. Josh Jacobs, kind of a surprise yesterday. Wasn't on the injury report on Wednesday. Gets downgraded to a limited practice on Thursday with what seems to be a new ankle injury. And remember, that's a whole week after because they played on Thanksgiving. So he had a whole week of rest there. Had a great game on Thanksgiving too. Uh, most touches that he's had this year, 24 touches in that game. Really had a nice fantasy day. And now dealing with this ankle issue. You never want to see somebody get downgraded during the week. It's going to put a lot of emphasis on this Friday practice to see if he's going to get back out there and be okay. And hopefully we'll get an update from the coaching staff and stuff. And won't have to go into the weekend unsure of whether Jacobs will be in our lineups or not. But if he can't go, Kenyon Drake moves into that low end RB2 range. Peyton Barber would be a, a flex play guy that, you know, not going to get a lot of passing work, obviously, but somebody that might be able to find the end zone, get some goal line short yardage stuff there. Now, there was a game earlier in the season where Peyton Barber kind of took the lead, just stepped right into the Jacobs role, and Drake didn't do that much, and Barber had a nice game. I don't think that's going to happen here with the way Drake's been used recently. I think he would get a decent amount of work there, but not a situation you're going to feel overly great about if Jacobs is out. If Jacobs is in there, I like him as a top 12, top 15 option this week, as long as he's healthy. And then Djax, he's not really worried. He said it's a calf thing. He said they're just playing it safe. Not really concerned that he's going to miss this game. So he should be out there. And he went off another guy that went off on Thanksgiving, actually. Snaps are on the rise, too, since he got there a few weeks back. So he's kind of a, a risky wide receiver three flex play, a guy that has that ceiling. If you need somebody, if you're an underdog in your matchup and you're kind of trotting out guys that you don't feel great about, maybe it's your wide receiver three or flex. Djax is the guy that only takes a play or two, and boom, he can give you that huge fantasy day. So he's somebody you could consider as long as he's healthy based on all that upside. Just know he's not going to get the volume, so the floor is pretty low there. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, both guys have been limited coming off the bye there. The team just continues to be extremely cautious with them, right? So uh, Kyler seems like he's more on track to return this week. It's not guaranteed. I would expect that Murray's going to be out there. It's just we're not sure about it yet. Uh, Hopkins, I don't know about that one because Hopkins, before we came on, I saw that he wasn't out there, at least to the open part of practice, to the media. Uh, some of the beat reporters were saying that he wasn't out there at that point. So now you start to wonder, are they going to hold him out for another week here? So 
a little concerning there. I think Murray's going to be back. We'll see on Hopkins on that one. Some more teammates here, just grouping them all together. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott. So Hurts been practicing this week. He says he's confident that he's going to play. Nick Sirianni is head coach. Not so sure. They're calling him questionable. They're saying that it's unknown. Kind of seems like it's been trending towards Hurts playing in this game. If not, it'll be Gardner Minshew, and I'm sure everybody will get excited about that one. But right now, I think it's still going to be Hurts. He has that ankle issue, but seems like he's been able to practice and should be able to go this week. Miles Sanders upgraded to a full practice on Thursday. At this point, he's the healthiest of the Eagles' backs. He's in line for a big day. He's a nice RB2 in this matchup going up against the Jets. Jordan Howard still dealing with that knee sprain. Probably going to keep him out this week. We'll see if he can get back for week 14. Actually, they're on by week 14. Never mind. See if he can get back for week 15 in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Boston Scott. Now, he's been sick all week. The report's saying that he was not out there today either. It's a non-COVID illness, they're calling it. So maybe there's still a chance for him to get healthy over the weekend and play. But right now, I'd be looking at him as a guy that's very doubtful for this game. So that means Miles Sanders looks like he's going to get a lot of touches. And then we look at Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie, who could finally get a little bit of work there. He steps into that kind of RB3 flex mix because they've been running so much and because the matchup is just so good there. Another crop of teammates. So Alex Collins, Rashad Penny, Travis Homer on the Seahawks. Collins been on the injury report all year long. They're calling it an abdomen issue. He's been limited. I feel like he's going to play. It just seems like every week he kind of goes through this routine where he's been limited all week and then he ends up getting out there for the game. But he's not really producing, right? And you look at that offense. I mean, Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, they're probably going to be back this week. So now you have a backfield that is getting a little little cluttered again. Let's put it that way. Plus they just signed Adrian Peterson. So they really don't have an answer in that backfield with Chris Carson out for the season. It's pretty ugly. They go with the committee. No one's really been producing there fantasy wise. So I would try to just steer clear that one if you can the the ceiling on them is so low i mean maybe you get somebody falling into the end zone but Collins just giving you these like four or five point fantasy days it's not exciting at all there uh, justin fields Allen robinson and cole Komet on the bears fields has been limited the general vibe from the beat writers is it's probably going to be another week before we see him come back so i figure we'll see another andy dalton start here in this one and then Allen robinson not practicing still not practicing he's missed some time he has that hamstring issue you start to wonder whether he's going to go the, the route of like AJ Green did it a couple years ago. Kenny Galladay did it where they have free agency coming up. They have an injury. They just decide, you know what, they're going to use that injury and they're going to stay out and not come back during the season. So I hope that's not what happens, but really fantasy wise, Robinson hasn't been doing much anyway. So you're not going to play him. You should have dropped him. I mentioned that and starts his stash quit three, four weeks ago that I thought he was a guy that you could have dropped. So if you're still holding on to him at this point, definitely you can let him go for someone else. And then Komet got back to a, a full practice on Thursday, I believe. So he should be good to go this week. Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Daniel Jones. Tony hasn't practiced. Not going to see him this week. Uh, Shepard did get back out there for practice, but the general vibe on him was that probably leaning towards him missing at least one more game. Daniel Jones is the big story, and it was kind of up and down. Another one that we kind of got mixed reports all week long. One report came out saying that he wasn't going to play. Another report, you know, he's practicing and the coaching staff saying that, you know, it looks like normal practices for him and all that sort of stuff. But really it came down to whether the doctors were going to clear him with this neck issue he has to actually play or whether going out there, taking hits, maybe that could put him in a worse spot. And they've decided to rule him out this week. So no Daniel Jones, Mike Glennon out there for this matchup. And that Dolphins defense, they've been on fire three of the last four games going over 20 fantasy points. 
Now they get to feast on Mike Glennon. Make sure you get them in your lineup ASAP. Some more minor ones here. Actually, we could go with the Dolphins player. Uh, Devontae Parker, back at practice this week. We'll see if he can get activated from IR. Sometimes it takes a, a week or two. They let those guys condition a little bit before they activate them. Corey Davis, he's apparently going to practice today. He still seems pretty doubtful for this week. I'm not looking at him. JD McKissick in concussion protocol. They've ruled him out today. So that means Antonio Gibson just in line for another monster volume day, kind of like he had last week. Just so many touches coming his way. Jared Patterson will get a little bit of work. There was a report this morning too that Wendell Smallwood, who's on their roster, will kind of step into that JD McKissick role. But if you're looking at Smallwood, you have to be in the deepest of deep leagues, like the 14 team, 34 man roster dynasty league that I'm in. Like it's only going to be leagues like that where you're going to consider Smallwood. I don't think they're going to give him that JD McKissick role in its entirety. It just means he'll pick up some touches there. But overall, they're going to feed Gibson. We love to see that. Gibson's an RB1 this week. Pat Fryermuth, he's in concussion protocol. Uh, he's doing well, though. I mean, he's been full practice all week. I didn't have him in my rankings on Tuesday because of that. But with him practicing in full, I put him back in on the Thursday update. I expect him to play, and he'll be in the low-end tight end one mix. David Johnson, now, he hasn't practiced this week due to an illness. Another one where they're saying it's not COVID. Not sure if he's going to be able to play. You might see more Rex Burkhead. I mean, you're kind of taking your life in your own hands here if you're rolling with the, the Houston backfield for fantasy. So Burkhead's a guy, just a complete volume play. That's it. And even with a lot of volume, he hasn't even been producing that much for fantasy. But if you're desperate, he's a guy you could look at. And then the last one injury-wise, DeAndre Swift. So they kind of waited and waited and waited. He's going to be out this week. I know Dan Campbell saying maybe he'll be back next week. You also have to consider this is one of those situations where you got a young star on a team that's going nowhere. Do they just decide to maybe sit him down for the year or do they keep him out a few extra weeks to make sure he's completely healthy before he comes back? Especially when you're looking at running backs, you don't want to see a guy go out there and get hurt at the end of the season in these meaningless games. So just something to think about. In the meantime, Jamal Williams will be that RB2, kind of a volume-dependent guy there. Uh, he should pick up a lot of the work. I'd also look at Stash and Jamar Jefferson, the rookie. He's kind of flashed a little bit on some limited touches. Uh, he's a guy that you could grab in some deeper leagues. I think that's it for the notable injuries. As always, if you've got anybody that I missed, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Justin Boone. But I'm going to keep moving along here. We'll jump into the start sits for the week, some of my favorites. And you know by now how this works. You can read the full start sit column over on the score. That goes up on Fridays. Lots of great info in there. Cover a bunch of players at every single position. Throw a couple guys you could stash. One player that's rostered in a lot of leagues that you definitely need to quit at this point. Not going to spoil all that, though. You can go check that out on the app or on the website. On the Friday show, I just talk about my favorites. And sometimes I end up mentioning a bunch of them like throughout the week. Normally, if you're listening to the podcast episodes and everything, you kind of get a feel for who I like and who I don't like during the week. Um, you know, like Javante is an example. We don't need to talk about Javante. He's in the article, but obviously Javante is going to be a great start this week. I discussed Brandon Ayuk on Wednesday's show quite a bit, so we won't talk about him. I'll talk about Derek Carr. So Carr kind of secretly leading the league in passing yards right now, right? You wouldn't think when you consider guys, quarterbacks who might be up near the top of the league in passing yards, Carr is not one of them, but that's the case right now. He is leading the league and we're seeing Deshaun Jackson, as long as he can stay healthy, starting to get integrated in that offense, a little bit of chemistry between those two. So that's pretty nice. And he gets Washington this week and they're giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season, including a league leading 26 touchdown passes. So I like Carr as long as Djax plays. If Djax doesn't play, I weirdly might shy away from Carr or at least bump him down to that QB two range. But right now I have him as a low end QB one in my rankings. 
And then for a sit, Russell Wilson just can't be in your lineup right now, right? Like, is this one too obvious? I mean, I know we showed some signs of life last week, but he was going up against that Washington defense that gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He should have had an even bigger day. He should have been able to light them up. He didn't. Like, he's overthrowing receivers. It's just, it's been tough. He, he came back from that finger injury, had surgery on it. He hasn't been himself since. So, you know, not getting the ball to DK. I know they're saying they're going to try to get him the ball a little more here. We'll see if that happens. I mean, the squeaky will often, you know, gets the grease, but uh, you know, you look at that offense, it's not great. And then you look at the Seahawks as well, just the amount of plays they're running. It's so low in part because they're struggling part because the pace of play that they're going at, not a great situation. The 49ers also in the bottom half of the league in, in pace of play. So could be a low scoring one there. I want to see Russ do it before I actually trust him in my lineup at this point. So I'd be sitting to him this week and then you can go check out the column for the rest of the names. I'm not going to rattle them off here, but uh, we'll keep pushing forward and we'll get to your questions here. Lots of time left. Let's see what you got for me this week at Anthony underscore W Reese. When it comes to weather, when are you past game panicking this week in Buffalo, cold, wet, windy, love the pod. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. I'm familiar with the weather here. I'm pretty close to Buffalo. Uh, definitely worried about the weather in that game. And we had Chris Allen on a couple weeks ago. Um, he does great work at, at four for four and at football guys does a lot of stuff on weather. And we brought him on specifically. We talked about the weather quite a bit. He gave us kind of the times that you should react and the times you shouldn't overreact to stuff. And yes, in this situation, you're kind of getting like everything all at once. You're getting like sustained winds and they're saying like near 20 miles an hour and we're going to have snow or cold rain. And it's just, it doesn't look good there at all. And he also mentioned on that show, the Bills stadium is kind of problematic because it's one of the lower stadiums. So the wind has more of an impact there. So keep that in mind. I mean, I've already bumped the kickers way down and it's two good kickers too. Nick Folk and Tyler Bass. They're guys that are normally up around the top five. I have them outside of the top 12 right now, and they might fall even further just based on the wind and everything there. It could be a tricky one for them. And then the passing game, I mean, the quarterback's getting a little bumped down at the moment. Guy like Stefan Diggs outside of my top five. I think I had him at wide receiver eight right now. Maybe he'll fall further if we see the weather continue to look bad over the weekend here. So you got to keep that in mind. You don't overreact too many days in advance. You want to see it a little closer too, because as we know, weather can change quite a bit. But if you want more on the weather stuff, I recommend going back and listening to that episode with Chris Allen a couple weeks ago. At Nickel City FF, hey Boone, with the lineup of RB1s being injured this year, do you think NFL teams will pivot to a 1A, 1B approach in an effort to avoid injuries? Teams like Dallas, Green Bay, Denver seem to be already doing this. Have we seen the end of a single guy getting 20 to 30 carries a week? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's something that started this year. I think we've seen that kind of trending that way for a while now. It's been a few seasons. So, they're just, if you look around, there's not many workhorse bell cow type backs at this point, which is why they're so valuable in fantasy. But you also can't blame teams, right? When you look at the situation, you have that one star running back. They go down. I mean, I know the Titans had some success last week, but you lose a guy like Derrick Henry. You just don't have anyone else to replace him, right? Like you, it's good if you have a situation where there's another guy that's getting a little bit of work, knows the offense well, and you're comfortable and confident in him out there. And then when your starter goes down, that guy can kind of just step into the mix. I know not everybody's going to be a, a Tony Pollard or an Alexander Madison or something like that, but I think we're definitely going to see teams try to make sure that they have, you know, two, three quality backs on their roster for this very reason. And yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of teams deploying more of a 
committee, whether it's a two-man committee or a three-man committee. And that's incredibly frustrating for fantasy, but we'll just have to adapt, right? It continues to make those workhorse bell cow guys really valuable. They'll be first round picks for the most part. And then we're gonna have a lot of fun trying to figure out how to approach the rest of them. I'm excited during the off season. We'll look more into that. We'll dive more into that one. I, I think it was a great question. And I definitely agree with you that I think it's going that way at coach underscore radish. Hey Boone, love all your content. Question is, should I give DK Metcalf to start this week after his last three performances? Next best, next best option for me would probably be Rashad Bateman. Yeah, this kind of thing, it always depends on who your other options are. So in this case, Rashad Bateman, I love Rashad Bateman, but the last couple of games with everybody healthy there, he's not getting as much volume at the moment. Now, could we see that increase? You know, as he gets a little healthier, he keeps knocking the rust off. He gets more experience, more comfortable in the offense. They start to trust him more for sure. But right now, I don't think you could put Bateman in your lineup over Metcalf. If you had somebody else, if you had even like a Darnell Mooney, maybe you could consider a guy like that who with Allen Robinson out might see quite a bit of volume. But right now, Bateman, I'm not doing it with him. And I think, and I touched on it earlier, the coaching staff has acknowledged this week that they need to get DK the ball more. So squeaky wheel, I think we're going to see him bounce back. I'm not too worried about that. I'd keep him in your lineup. At Kyle underscore photo underscore ATX, is there ever a time you should or would hedge your opponent's QB? For example, I'm playing the Kyler Murray manager and I'm in need of a tight end with Darren Waller out. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, both available. I'm the Jalen Hurts manager for what it's worth, hedge versus stack. So I think people overthink this one sometimes when you start to worry about, well, the other guy has this quarterback or the other guy has this receiver and that's the best receiver for my quarterback and all that sort of stuff. I know it seems like you can get an advantage there and there might be some times where you can, but really overall, what I see is I think people get way too cute with this stuff. You start to kind of overthink it and you put yourself in a bad situation by playing somebody that's not as good as the starter you had, thinking that you're giving yourself a better shot when in reality, just play the best guys you have. Like that's normally that's the best way to go about it. So in this case, I'm looking at Goddard as the better play. He's got the better matchup going up against the Jets. I know he had the bad game last week, so maybe you're a little hesitant to put him in there. But generally, he's been the better fantasy play this year. And, you know, when you look at the Cardinals, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be back this week, but he has a chance to be. He's going to be back soon. You look at Zach Ertz, a lot of the volume that he's been getting maybe comes from the fact that they've been missing Hopkins. They've had some other injuries there. AJ Green missed a game and stuff. So you look at that, and I think you're going to want to go Goddard the rest of the season and including this week. So that's the way I would approach it. I wouldn't worry too much about who the other quarterback is. At Deese underscore 8286. Not sure who to play in my last flex spot this week. Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, Daryl Henderson, concerned he won't play much, or Rashad Bateman. I already have Dawson Knox in my tight end spot. Thanks for your weekly rankings. I depend on them a lot. Appreciate you saying that. Now, if Henderson plays, I think this one could be pretty straightforward. If Henderson plays, you got to play him. Even if he has that lower ceiling than normal compared to these other guys, I'd be going with Henderson. He would be the lead back in that offense. The matchup, the Jaguars run defense been a little better, but should be a very positive game script. So if Henderson plays, you're putting Henderson out there. If not, I'm going with Claypool. And Claypool has been kind of quietly good over the last couple of weeks here, right? Like 93 yards, 82 yards over the last two games, respectively, 17 targets in those two games. So I would put him in the lineup if Henderson's not out there. But remember, I always put out the flex rankings. And when you click on the rankings, I have it broken down. There's half PPR, standard, and PPR. And then at the very end of each line, it says flex. You click on that, and that'll show you my top 150 at all positions. So it kind of gives you an idea when you're comparing positions there. You can go off that. 
at Heartless23. This is a two-parter. All right. I've clinched playoffs and a bye. Do I make waiver moves only for week 16 and 17 prep now? This week, I didn't put waivers for Sony Michelle or Boston Scott. since These guys are temps. Alexander Madison and Jamal Williams weren't available. My weakest are a duo of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson due to schedule. Part two, also, by not using waivers this week, I am now top priority. I'm eyeing to pick up Jeff Wilson when he's off waivers in two days since I have Elijah Mitchell and Debo. But I'll probably drop my streaming kicker. I'm not concerned about losses since I've clinched the bye. Thoughts? All right. lot to unpack here with a two-parter there, but... Yeah, you, if you've clinched the buy, if it is locked in, it's not just like you're looking at it going, I'm pretty sure I'm going to clinch the buy here. I feel confident. If you are 100%, you have clinched the buy, there is no way that you could lose that buy, then yeah, your focus turns to week 16 and 17. Specifically for me, it would be more week 16 because I just want to make sure I get to that championship game. Once I'm in the championship, it's down to two teams, then we can go from there. But you got to get through that first game first. So if that's the situation... I would be, yes, I would be completely focused on that. If you don't have to feel the full roster, you could drop a kicker, a streaming kicker, something like that. Yeah, that's totally fine. Now, I think you probably made the right move because now you have that top waiver priority. We're looking ahead here. You want to hold that top waiver priority because you hold that top waiver priority. Now, you're going to have that over the next few weeks. If anybody pops up, if the next Sony Michelle or whoever pops up leading up to week 16. So I would hold that for the next few weeks here. Don't use it up on somebody like Jeff Wilson. Make sure that you get someone good with that. If somebody good pops up, that's no guarantee, but it's a great spot that you're in holding that top waiver priority with the buy already. You've played it very well there. So hold that, try to see if you can get somebody and Jeff Wilson's great to pick up, but if you have, you can get someone else on your roster who if Elijah Mitchell stays healthy with that schedule, he has, and you can get somebody else who could potentially step up into a starting role for you. Not Jeff Wilson, just as a, a handcuff as a hedge there. I would go that way. At Biggie Perms, Boone, you're a mensch and an absolute bonafide fantasy stud. Miss you among the fantasy pros competition. With playoffs looming, is it necessary to roster a second quarterback the quality of a Heineke, Fields, or Ty God if you're starting Hurts in a 12-team league? I appreciate the kind words. There is a small part of me that misses the fantasy pros contest too. It's a small part, but it would be fun to you know still be in getting checked out. What I don't miss is on Sundays when a player that I ranked high gets hurt and it's no fault of my own. And then normally in the past, I would sit there kind of mad about it because it's like, well, that's going to hurt my overall standing in the rankings contest. And it wasn't even my fault. Now I don't have to do that. I can just watch the games. I still get mad when players that I rank high don't perform or get hurt, but it's not quite the same. It doesn't have the, the same impact. Anyway, um, if we're looking at your question here about quarterbacks, I mean, I think if you have Jalen Hurts and those types of guys are on the waiver and there's that many of them, I don't think you normally need a, a second quarterback. Now, the reason with Jalen Hurts you need one is, yes, Nick Sirianni and his talk of it's unknown. I still think Jalen Hurts is going to play this week. The Eagles are on bye next week, so you got to pick somebody up. So, yeah, I would go get one of those guys. But in general, as long as your quarterback's healthy, you have a guy that's top 10 option like Hurts, and there's still options available on the waiver wire like the names you mentioned, I'm not burning a roster spot on a second quarterback at that point. I would just uh, hold out, and if something happens to Hurts, then go stream somebody. And if you had to pick, I mean, I guess fields in that situation, if you're not looking for this week, if we're looking at next week, but he's kind of unknown as well, just because we're not sure what's going on with that injury. But if he's back, he's the guy with the most upside in that group at 97 K bomb. How come Alex Collins is still in your rankings? And I have to start him every week because my team is so bad. 
He hasn't done anything for the past two weeks. Ha ha ha. Any hope for this week? No, there's not much hope here. I kind of touched on it earlier, right? I mean, you got to rank him because he's a starter and he's been the starter for a while. He's getting double digit touches. He's just not doing anything with them and with all those other names and Adrian Peterson joining the mix here. No, you don't want to have him in your lineup. I hope you got a better option that you can pivot to. I mean, take a look at my waiver wire column from earlier in the week. Take a look at my rankings. See if there's somebody that you can find to, to throw in there over him. Fingers crossed, you guys. Like, I don't have Collins. I don't think he's in my top 30 this week. So hopefully you can get somebody else. At Ebril WX, I don't have a specific example, but do you prefer starting an average player against a weaker defense matchup? Or would you rather start a great player against a tough matchup slash defense? This one's completely case by case. In general, if I had to give you an answer, I would say I'd rather start the talented player in a tough matchup because sometimes we're wrong about that stuff. Sometimes they don't shadow a guy. Sometimes things work out differently. Sometimes a guy gets injured, a defensive player gets injured and frees the guy up. All that sort of stuff can happen, um, but it's purely case by case. So you got to look every week and take a look at my rankings and, and see where I have them because um, it really depends how good the matchup is and how talented the player is and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's week by week. At Legend of ACN, what do you think Daryl Henderson's dynasty value is after this year? Trade high before Cam Akers returns or keep the stud? I'm on my way back from a rebuild. Now, Henderson's in that risky spot, kind of like James Robinson was last year, right? Where has he done enough to hold on to the job or is he going to lose out to a guy with some more draft capital and that guy's back and, and healthy and in the mix? I mean, if you're contending, obviously you're going to hold him. If you're coming back from this rebuild, I would err on the side of trading him, but it really comes down to what you can get. If it's just a second round rookie pick, then no, I'm not trading him for that. I'd rather hold on and see if he can keep the job. If you can get a first round pick for Henderson at this point, yeah, I would take that. Uh, I would take that kind of the, the guaranteed asset there and then work from there. Even if you trade the first round pick for a player in the offseason, something like that, I think the first round pick would be more of a, a sure thing than going with Henderson, who could end up being a, a high-end backup next season if Akers actually does come back and is healthy. But, I, I mean, I can't wait to dive back into the Dynasty content. I love the Dynasty content so much. I know a lot of people ask me why I don't do the Dynasty trade value charts during the season. I love doing them, but during the season, I'm doing so much redraft content, focused on the in-season stuff. I just don't have time to do it properly, and I don't want to put out some sort of secondary you know, trade value chart that isn't as good and it's got a lot of mistakes because I couldn't put a bunch of time into it. So I look forward to January. We'll get back to that stuff. We'll have some podcasts focused on Dynasty. I'll have some other articles focused on Dynasty. I love, I've talked about it before. I love Dynasty more than I love Redraft now. So uh, very, very exciting to, uh, to get back into that when I have some time in January to do it. But that looks like the last question here. So that is all for today's show. Remember, you can find all my content over at The Score. Download the app if you haven't already. If you have more questions, you can always come find me on Twitter at Justin Boone. I'll be back Sunday taking over the score main Twitter account. We'll be doing that at 1030 a.m. Eastern. I'll answer all your last minute questions, try to help you set your lineups, figure out some of the weather stuff. There's a few games we've got to look at this week, all that great stuff. But until then, big thanks for all the questions this week. Big thanks to producer Marcus. He's always awesome. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight.